0: Hey everybody, you're listening to And Then What Happens, the serial fiction podcast where only you know what happens next. Uh, this is not Kathleen Wisneski. <laughs>
1: and this is not Chris Robinson.
0: You see, we switched. We can still be fun. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, this week, we continue the four part, part two of the four part, uh, what are we calling us, the Halloween Spectacular.
1: Yeah, Halloween Spectacular.
0: Yeah. It's an internal name.
1: Uh, To review the month of October, we're doing a sort of self-contained story so that you know at the other end of this month, you're going to pick up from the indelible image we described last week, which is our protagonist, McGrady, strapped to an operating table with Adam about to perform the face implanting procedure on him and so you've got that rolling around in your brain and if you come up with what you believe should then happen you're going to send it in to us and how are they gonna do that Chris
0: well they can go to the website and then what happens.com or they could email stuff at and then what happens podcast at gmail.com
1: yeah and if you uh, have any questions about that process, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Wright
0: I'm at Chris Robinson. Like, subscribe, share, tell somebody. That's it. Yeah. Instead of handing out candy this month, <laughs> tell somebody about this podcast. I feel like that's that's like better, right?
1: I think so. Dent,
0: <laughs> more, dentists dentists are like more into this idea.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And this is this month. And this month is actually a great jumping on point because it is sort of a self-contained narrative. Uh-huh. As far as what happened last week, it's not very much. It's all it's all very moody is yeah. all you need to know more than facts. Uh, young, McGrady, and Nomar have just successfully robbed a bunch of banks. And they're making their way across this great land of ours in a stolen Cadillac. Uh... The skies break open with rain, at which point they realize they can't get the convertible rooftop up, so they quickly drive out further into the wilderness into a spooky, rocky, outcropping formation thing for shelter, only to realize that it is a cemetery. And the one gravestone they read has a name on it.
0: And the name is... Rancine Stein.
1: So we're going to pick up from there. Uh, This week, Chris and I collaborated on the story, and Rich Wisniewski did an incredible job putting the soundscape together, which you're about to enjoy.
0: And then what happens?
2: It looks like we're late to the party, boss.
3: That's Nomar for you. If there's a gallows nearby, he's got a type hive ready. That's what you count on him for, honestly. For a second, you think back to that awful night when Rick Robinson bled out on your mom's kitchen table after a mob doctor couldn't find the slug that pierced his vest. Nomar walked into the room, took a look around, and said, So this is what your mother means by staying for dinner, huh? You laughed hysterically back then. You're not laughing now.
2: I wouldn't get too close there, boss.
3: You ignore him and wipe the dust off the only gravestone in the group with an inscription. Does the name Francine Stein mean anything to you? Nomar thinks for a moment before he speaks.
2: I don't know. No Francine. But there was that weird occult guy, Frankie Stein. Remember him?
3: Right, Francis. He organized a string of wellness retreats back in the day. You figured it must have been a good racket. Whatever the snake oil of the day might be, a buck is a buck. Stein had amassed a lot of repeat business. Followers truly committed to the pursuit of his version of enlightenment. They didn't balk at anything asked of them, even Stein's most eccentric trials, chiefly the daily ingestion of cold, hard cash. They started swallowing big silver half-dollars and eventually worked their way up to chunky gold nuggets the size of Ferro Roger's. The boys around the way joked you could tell when Stein's people were coming from the clinking and jangling that preceded them. Who are the rest of the Stiffs?
2: Probably his flock, right?
3: You're kidding. I thought going to jail would put an end to all that. Stein confessed to a murder on the witness stand at someone else's trial, creating a kind of double jeopardy situation that got them both off. The maneuver didn't win him any fans in the county courthouse, but it made him a legend in the county jail. Between the stories whispered among the prisoners and the parables spread by his followers, old Frankie had become a local celebrity. And who's Francine? Maybe he had a daughter. Say.
2: If these are steinanites, they probably got bellies full of gold, huh? You thinking what I'm thinking, McGrady?
3: You protest, but Nomar pulls up one of the headstones and uses it to scrape the hard dirt. This is going to take hours. The rocky outcrop shields you, Nomar, and the dead from the worst of the storm, but the air is moist and puddles are starting to gather and bleed wherever the ground wasn't as flat as it looked. You only realize that you're watching a cigarette butt, floating in the rising water of a dirty puddle, about to reach a crest of dirt and break off down an incline, staring at garbage like it's a horse you've got money on, when Nomar swears and laughs.
2: laughs. Slippery little son of a bitch. Well, I guess the headstones aren't really meant for digging, right, boss?
3: He rubs his hands on his damp jeans, trying pointlessly to dry them off Grabs the stone on either side and starts scraping at the dirt again. Nomar's sitting with his legs crossed, right down in the mud now, pulling the dirt into a hump at his knees.
2: I guess it's like trying to open a present with the bow or using a combination lock to break a bike chain. You know what I mean, boss? Boss?
3: Yeah, Nomar, I'm right here. You don't have to scream. You look out into the storm. There's nothing but darkness and swirling water. This won't let up for hours. <laughs> He's making shorter, faster strokes now. A rhythmic sound, like if maracas could be turned down. Joins the water in the air and fills your head.
2: But you get what I mean. <laughs> There's something ironic about digging up a grave with a gravestone, right? <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's something, Nomar. There's no point, but you've got to try. Hey, no, we're better off trying to find a dry corner to rest in, right? You're going to wipe yourself out, and we don't have anything to eat or drink. We might have to walk out of here tomorrow. You know
2: how we get something to drink on new wheels, or something nicer than a corner to sleep in? Corpse belly gold!
3: Nomar starts singing to himself, a word on every pull of the stone.
2: Corpse belly gold, corpse belly gold, if you ain't heard, well now you've been told. There's nothing so fancy that it won't be sold for good old-fashioned corpse belly
3: gold. It makes you uneasy. Now... No, there's no point in being tough now, it scares you. Nomar? Don't
2: worry about me, boss. Yeah,
3: okay. I'm just gonna go have a look at the caddy. Maybe I can figure something out. That's
2: why you're the boss. Boss, divide and conquer. I'll handle The funds. You handle the wheels. Nomar and McGrady. A team for the ages. Like Bonnie and Clyde and Butch, Cassidy and...
3: He keeps talking as you walk away toward the edge of the stone overhang. All you can hear out here is wind and rain. You did open the caddy's hood, but between the water blowing in and the darkness blotting everything out, there wasn't anything you could do. You told yourself you were sliding under the car to check things out there, but really, it looked kind of grassy and dry, and, before you know it, you're opening your eyes with no idea how long you'd slept there. You look out back toward the little graveyard, but it's still too dark and the rain's too thick to make anything out. Deja vu hits you. Somewhere else in time, little McGrady was hiding from Sister Anne under a bed and feeling this same kind of dread. A flash of lightning makes the scattered headstones visible for a second, and you realize you can't see Nomar. It makes you scared for him instead of scared of him. Get your head right, man. He's your best friend and something's off. He just needs to sleep. Get him out here under the caddy. Maybe, maybe everything will be fine in the morning. You squirm out and run back through the relentless downpour. Nomar? Nome. Boss? You follow the sound of his voice over to what seems like an impossibly deep hole. How long were you out? Nomar stands up as you reach the edge and look in.
2: Okay, boss, so here's the skinny. So I was digging, right? You saw that part. And using a skinny gravestone. Of course, it broke at one point, which sounds bad, but actually that became a real lemon lemonade situation. Because then I, I had like a point, a pick, like a pointy
3: pick. He holds up the shard of stone so you can see it. No,
2: is that blood on that thing?
3: You're bleeding?
2: Yeah, wait, I'll get to that. So then I can start jabbing at the ground.
3: He stabs at the air with the rock. Whipping drops of blood and water off its surface. And bingo! The ground starts collapsing! Now I'm cooking with gas, right? Nomar, that's more than
2: six feet deep. There's nothing down there. Come on up and rest. Nah, nah, they probably just buried him deeper, you know? Crazy steininites, right? I just need a better grip on this pick. So give me a jacket. What?
3: Nomar impatiently holds out his empty hand. Your jacket! It's waterproof. I'll wrap it around the rock and it won't be so slippery. It's nylon, not magic. And you're not going to find anything down there. Come on out. You bend down near an edge where the sides aren't so steep and hold out your hand to Nomar. We've got good American currency back in our caddy, right, man? We've got all we need. You and me will put our heads together and get back to celebrating on the road in no time. What's one broken down car compared to two central branch banks, right? Still wide-eyed, Nomar looks around the hole, like he's checking to make sure he doesn't forget his wallet and keys, and takes your hand. Watching his face, you don't notice that he's still holding the rock in his other hand. He scrambles up with your help, and you stand facing each other, holding hands. You wait for Nomar to say something. This is the kind of moment you love him for, right? Your mouth even starts to smirk in anticipation. His hand is warm, but your hands are wet, and you start to feel uncomfortable. Your eyes wander, looking for something to comment on to set him up for a punchline. You realize the rain has stopped, and maybe dawn is coming on, because there's enough light to pick out some details you couldn't before. (laughs) Hey, you know what Francine's tombstone says under her name? You can't keep a good doc down. That's weird, right? Nomar flings his hand holding the rock at your chest as he grips your other hand to keep you from backing up. Ah! No! God! I just need your jacket, boss. Not even the whole thing. It's not deep, but it's rough and wide, this gash on your chest. And if he hits you there again, you'll be in trouble. Nomar's gone. You've never seen him like this. Not when he was fixated on repairing an engine. Not even when he was beating Quarter Pound Pete with the butt of Pete's rifle after he found out what happened to Patty. He jumps at you, and you fall over to the ground. One of his hands is tangled in your jacket, which splits a little more whenever he pulls, letting out a sound like a pert-proud zipper. His other hand is stabbing at your body with the rock. It's blunt enough that your clothes are keeping him from drawing blood so far, but you're going to bruise. You try to push him off. He's covered in mud, and it's impossible to get a grip. You notice clean streaks of pale skin where tears are streaming down Nomar's dirty face. When the rock hits the gash on your chest again, a burst of pain and fear pushes you. You roll on top of Nomar. He's got to be getting tired, but he's still struggling, and the look on his face is still wrong. Nomar, stop! You grunt as you try to hold him down. Somehow it seems like the only place you can get purchase is his neck. A bird is squawking. Nomar's neck sounds like eggshells and mashed potatoes, and it feels like a bundle of snakes. Nomar's eyes, always a little bugged out, look really like they'll pop out of his face, like burst pimples. You tighten your grip around his neck and feel the mud squeezing up around the webbing of your fingers. Under that, his tendons and trachea swell and squirm, as if they want to abandon your best friend's body the way his mind did. He's still pulling on your ruined starter jacket. Just stop, Nomar! The sun comes up, and you're sitting on your dead friend, who's got a piece of gravestone in one hand, and a piece of nylon embroidered with a hornet basketball player on it, on the other.